Bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nugget burger of sundae voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle King deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King. Good afternoon everybody and welcome to the Royal Blue podcast. It's me, Greg O'Keefe. I'm joined by Tony Scott and Gavin Buckland. And if you enjoy listening to Royal Blue, I urge you to go and give us a rating if you can, please, on iTunes. And you can subscribe, of course, on iTunes as well. Um, plenty to discuss this week. A lively couple of days, both on and on the pitch. On and off the pitch, I should say. But certainly on the pitch last night, we saw a bit more of the evolving new Everton under Ronald Koeman. I think it's fair to say there were mixed um, mixed views on, on how they looked despite beating Luzem Brock and going through to the next round. We'll discuss the next round in a minute, Tony, but first of all, what were your impressions of last night? It depends on what you make of impressions. As a result, qualifiers, Europa League qualifier, the main aim is to get through regardless. We, we've, we've seen what's happened in the past when we played the likes of Villarreal and Bucharest, what can happen over two legs in a one-off game. So, in terms of Ronald Koeman set up the team, formation, it wasn't to get beat. I was surprised in Rusin, but to be honest, I thought with being 1-0 down, home home advantage, and he didn't really threaten Evan, didn't come out of Evan. I suppose you've got to applaud Ronald Koeman's formation as in regards to it nullified anything that they had. Did they have a shot on target? Did they look worried Everton? No. So the positives are that Everton just didn't look like losing the game at all, and which is the whole point of getting through to the next round. And I think that's what Evertonians have got to see right now, is that the whole point of yesterday's exercise wasn't about performances, yet Koeman alluded to the, the slack pass and etc. But in terms of fitness, Rosenbrock are like four weeks ahead of us, aren't they, in terms of fitness as well? So that was a good measurement there. But in terms of the overall results, I'm happy with it. Ignore the football. You're in the after the next round and that's what cup football is all about Gav are you equally philosophical about the performance uh, yes um, though that doesn't necessarily you know mean that I'm fully satisfied with the you know the performances over both legs really even setting aside the fact that Rosen whatever the name is Rosen Rosenbrock I'd have to say that every season like, <laughs> you know um, I thought yeah Tony Sainz right I mean well Kim went out early last season didn't he I think you know we've seen that an early departure from Europe in the qualifying rounds, both for us and other clubs previously, can damage your start of the season. And I think he was keen to you know to have it as some sort of building up some momentum, as it were, for the opening month of the season. It's just staying in Europe, um, and it would have been embarrassing having spent you know millions or whatever during the summer to go out. So I think he set up the team last night to to do that, didn't he? You know, effectively playing five. Five defenders as such, if you if you count Kai and Schneider and as sort of defensive midfielders, and then two two full backs or wing backs. So, yeah, fine. Um, positives for me. Thought Pickford looked really good. Does mm. not sure of confidence that lad is he? Um, I like Key? his yeah. yeah I, I like his punching. Yeah. That it's the last time I've seen yeah. somebody punching like Neville Southall. You know, last night when he came out in the second yeah. half, we've yeah. not really been used to that. Keane, yeah. Uh, Tom Davis did okay, um, but. Against that is is setting aside that you know the fitness issues and though we are we are saying oh we are behind clubs and all this you know it's only a week to go to the start of the Premier League season isn't it really um, so we do expect to see fitness a little bit better next week or a lot better it, it's just in terms of the playing style I know we still got to bring players in hopefully but did did you say anything last night to worry in terms of what people have said so. 
but lack of pace has been one of the things that people have said since uh, since last night and maybe last week. Do you need a lack? Do you need pace to win trophies? That's the question. I look at all successful teams in the Premier League, teams who were doing well, but the great Man United teams of the past were they blessed with pace? I just don't know. I, I think much as gigs, sharp. Yeah, but Beckham. It's a, different, it's a different game. You're talking 20 years ago. Oh, now, it's, with Chelsea yeah, blessed yeah. with pace last season when they won the league. Costa up front. Hazard. Hazard. Matic, Kante, yeah. centre midfield. Kante's got a fair bounce. Yeah, him, but he? I mean, as in, they're not overly blessed with pace all around the pitch, are they? Defenders, no slouches, don't get me wrong, but in terms of they just had a, they had a job to do, didn't they? Um, I just think. A lot of Evertonians have been critical over the last over the two games, and I just think you, you've got to bear in mind that the Everton the Everton team, it's nearly half of the Everton team, they barely know each other. They've known each other for what two or three weeks. Mm. And you, I think people have been quite harsh on the fact that they've had a couple of training sessions together, one or two pre-season friendlies, and it's so happened that we've got a mat, we've had two competitive games in the middle of a pre-season. And the team we played against are four weeks ahead of us in terms of fitness. So we've done yeah. quite well considering, I think. And some of the younger players have come back. We've had the under-20 World Cup and stuff like that, haven't we? Greg, do you think that that accusations that we looked a bit ponderous at Sherwood, do, do you think what yeah. you're saying there is right? No, I think it's definitely correct. We did look yeah. ponderous. We, we did look a little bit static and, and one-paced. And it's interesting to hear Tony say that he doesn't really think... He's not as concerned about the lack of pace as perhaps others... I get I get where you're coming from on that, and I do think it's probably being made up into a bit of a. A couple of people mention it on Twitter, and all of a sudden mm. others latch onto it as a general reason for why they're not seeing the scintillating football that they want to see, because we've spent all this money and all this excitement, and it was always going to take time, I think, to see the fruits of the investment on the pitch, but it can't take too much time. And as Gav says, you know, seven eight days time, it's Stoke at Goodison Park and sort of needs to hit the ground running so really it would be helpful if Balassi was fit he's not do you surprise Luckman's quite pacey Luckman's a quick player who's an option I just wonder as well you know with the lads who they're still looking to bring in they're not particularly quick I do see some a little bit from where the, the pace argument comes from to be honest I do but think we could do with a bit more Why do you actually down the flanks more than anything but Everton don't play down the flanks. Well, they might. Have, right. So there's no need to go out and buy pace. Well, they, they might. The, the, the new team with, say, a Giroud or a Benteke might well have to play down the flanks and whip crosses in. Just say for argument's sake, Klassen, Rooney, Sigurdsson play in behind Giroud. And then you've got Davis, Guy, Snyderland behind that. There's no need, is there, for a bit of pace there when you if you're playing that way if the way Ronald Koeman plays is there a need for pace? Mm, possibly not then in which case I think you've just got to accept that the passing was off last night and it has to be a lot sharper but it's not like there's four weeks till the start of the season there's a week so I was a bit concerned at the lack of sharpness in the passing and does a week make all that difference? I don't know uh, yeah, I think I think a week. It's not a big but, deal, no, and I think not, it'll be much much better yeah. probably on Sunday, and even better at Stoke. Yeah, and and you're playing against a team perhaps who might not want to spoil, mind you, Stoke. It was spoil as much, but that was one of the things last night that was apparent, wasn't it? It was just, a, and I think Ronald. Uh, been calling Ronald because it's his second season, can't we? Yeah. Uh, Ronald <laughs> alluded to that. Ronnie, no, he's not his third season. <laughs> and uh, said to me that he was concerned, wasn't he, about the lack of you know there was a lot of passing last night that went astray, and it didn't yeah. appear to be all you know. But, Joined off for once of a better phrase, and I was, you know, we we spoke about in the sun about what 
the way you see the team line up in next next season or this season. And in the first half, do you think like we saw like Ramirez, Rooney, Klaas, and like three similar types of players as such? I mean, do, do we, you know, that, we've spoken about who should play up front, whether we've got like quite a few players who are the same, you know, and, and that that was one of the things that came. To me last night. I mean, they did like one a good, couple of good one series, wasn't it? And mm. the box for the, in the goal. first half. I thought for the goal was brilliant. Yeah. Rooney, class and class and few on goal. That was it. Yeah, which for the for the for the, for the, for the goal for yeah. uh, Calvert Lewin. Yeah, yeah. Um, that. So that that was the, the, the other observation, and they tended to to, to go deep. Then I think Ramirez like succumbs deep, doesn't he? Yeah. It's for the striker, like, you know, left a massive gap at the top of the pitch. I mean, it was. A, I wanted to talk about Ramirez. That was the first time he started the game last night. What, what did you, what do we think of him on first impressions of starting? I, I thought he'd done okay, okay. I think there was at times when he could have hit it first time and got a shot on goal, but he wanted yeah. to get it on his right side or his left side and get another extra yard. When I think he's going to find it a lot tougher in the Premier League, where you mightn't get that second touch. You're not playing. No disrespect to La Liga, but it's 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 not competitive as the Premier League, is it? We know that. So when you you're gonna get defenders up your backside, kicking your heels, whereas and he's had time in La Liga to maybe get a shot off after the yard. So I think he's gonna get used to that. In terms of fitness, he looked way off it, didn't he? He was flagging after an hour. That's where Calvert Lewin come on and and done the business for us. But I thought he's done okay. I thought he's done okay. He's done better probably at the home legs, didn't he? Last week. So I thought, yeah. Satisfied, you couldn't go into the season with him and Rooney as your basically number nine, you, number ten. Did you notice at times during the game, and he did, as you say, he made a few bad decisions and a few errors in possession. Really, um, he was always looked like he was trying to do the right thing for me. But did you notice a few people got on his back a little bit? Guy got on his back a little bit. Um, someone else, forgive me if it wasn't him, but Ashley Williams maybe sort of remonstrated with him and were a bit kind of like you know rebuking him for making mistakes. And part of me thinks, well, you know what? That's a good he thing. He needs to know what the standard is, yeah. and, and he, no one can be allowed. You know, just because he's come in with a good reputation, he needs to be reminded. And another part of me thinks he's only twenty-one. It was his first full game, his first start. Mm. Give him a bit of a break. He's getting getting used to the way and play. Maybe but, that's just the way it but, is. But if he's been given that break, then Greg, he's going to keep on. It mentally, he'll be thinking, "Well, this is just all right." Whereas if you get someone reminds you, you come into a brand new club, you're going, "Wow, the, the standards high there." Don't get me wrong, and I don't think he needed to do yesterday was change his footwear. It's not on many times. He fell over. Don't these footballers train on the pitch for half an hour before the game? Yeah. So why don't you adjust his boots? Three or four he, times on his backside. He wasn't the only haven't played, is it? That? I mean, but I would say about you know jumping up to heaven, he did start at Barcelona, we need to remember. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we should should have, you would expect a certain mentality about that. But you know his running style, I thought, I, you know he reminds me of James Vaughan, when yeah. he was, you know, like sort of, he sort of runs like a sprinter on the pitch, or like doing a hundred meters, and he sort of like his body language and sort of style is very much like uh, James Vaughan, and I, and I, I like Vaughan. If he wasn't injured, he, he would have been okay, wouldn't he? Um, so I think reasonably okay. Calvert-Lewin came on, didn't he? I'd be twenty, but twenty minutes from time, twenty-five yeah. minutes from time. Um, played more as natural centre position, which I think we've said all along that's where he should be playing for yeah. Everton. Uh, Look far more effective, even though like late in the game and stuff, maybe a little bit more space. Um, maybe on the back of an under twenty World Cup when we've scored and the final gives you a bit of confidence. Do you think, Greg, that maybe we should be looking for, uh, you know, 
not I wouldn't say big things, but maybe a bit more from Calvert-Lewin this season than what we've maybe ex- expected? Well, I, I'm being totally honest. There's been times when I've looked at him and, and thought, I don't see it. I don't really see that he's good enough to have a long-term future in the current Everton, ambitious Everton team as it's going. I don't think he's a bad player by, by any means, but I just don't think, you know, if you bring in Giroud or Benteke and you yeah. know, you've got Rooney, I just don't see him quite getting in the team. But when he gets called upon, given his age, he never really lets you down. He might not excel or do anything spectacular, but you've got to emphasise his age there. And The summer he had... I'm glad he's getting a little bit of an opportunity and he's taking it with both hands. He took his goals so well. It was a lesson in being clinical from Sandro, mm. to Sandro, really, the way he took it. Lovely touch. And then, for me, it was all about the summer and the confidence for him. He's head down, picked his, his, his uh, spot in the back of the net. What amused me during the game was looking on Twitter and I saw you and Stephen <laughs> talking about... <laughs> this is my brother, by the way. The legend that is... Tosha Scott, my <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. dad calls him. As a, he said, honestly, before before Calvert Lewin came on, my dad says, "I don't know what Cumin sees in this Llewellyn Bowen fella." <laughs> <laughs> it was unbelievable, but I think that well, he doesn't rate him. Does he, he doesn't rate him. But a lot of blues don't. A lot of blues don't. I think he's one of them plays in our house. You, you, we were arguing about Matic and Sigurdsson last night in our house. It's unbelievable when we're, when we're watching Everton between the three of us. But I think um, going back to Calvert Lewin, he's going to be a player that divides opinion. Yeah. He really. Really is. It's going to be like a Stephen Naismith type of player. I think it will take some time to maybe win the fans over. He doesn't look like a footballer, easy on the eye. But do you know what? He works his socks off, and that's all you can ask for ninety minutes, isn't it? When he's when he's available. Yeah, I mean, I think a couple of things. I think he's quite. I think he's got a certain amount of grace about him, Calvert Lewin. If, like, yeah. if you were to look at him on the pitch, he uh, looks more like as you. He looks more like an athlete or a hurdler. More yeah, than an actual yeah. football, a centre forward, doesn't he? That's not a, that's not a bad thing. I think Cumin obviously rates him, doesn't he? Because I mean, he got injured was a Southampton when he played at the start. Yeah. It was in January. Come back what March was it? Yeah, yeah. And I think he's. I, I, I want to check the stats. I would imagine he's probably been involved at some point in most games since then. Which for somebody who's twenty, whatever, you know, considering like Ronald sent players out on loan of that age and things, he, he obviously rates him. And he's obviously seen stuff where in training and think actually this lad's got something about him. And I think um, that's interesting itself. But as you said, I think if you're going to play him, you've got to play him down the middle because I think out wide, I don't yeah. think he's got you. That's a separate, mm. separate skill when he's young. And it's very difficult to acquire. You know, you need to be. Doesn't know favours. Does Koeman put him there on purpose to learn how to play the game? How to, to see how his position should yeah. work from a winger sense of view? To, to, just to show listen I'm putting you out like an Henri what happens when he, he got pushed out on the wing at Arsenal didn't he Wenger put him on the wing for the season and then he threw him up front so we can get to adjust his game and see how football works so sometimes if you throw an academy kid up front he just thinks oh, I'm a centre forward I'm staying up here and that's it but as Cuban played cleverly and just throwing him on the wing and adjusted him to show him how good his game can be yeah maybe I mean I still don't see him starting every week if we get in Giroud or Sigurdsson, and, or I should say Anne Sigurdsson. So um, he'll, he'll certainly have, it, have his work cut out to be a regular, but to be a regular squad player, absolutely, why not? What what, what would you say Cumin sees in him? If you're on Cumin and you're looking at him every day in training and you're seeing him 19 minutes every, every Everton game, what do you see in, in well, him as his main attribute? Originally, I thought it was because Cumin loves a target man, doesn't he? Mm. He's always had them. And originally, I thought... In lieu of anyone who could actually, because uh, Lukaku 
just wasn't like that really yeah. was he didn't hold the ball mm. he wasn't that good in there and I thought Koeman maybe rated Calvert-Lewin as being good for knockdowns you know you could go long to him and he would get up and win headers but as we've seen him evolve he seems to be less about that and more you know he has got a bit of a grace sometimes I as you said is, in yeah, yeah, yeah. and he took his goal like I say surprisingly but maybe not so if you'd watch them in the summer albeit a different standard um, surprisingly well so maybe he's he's given Koeman more and more to go off as he goes along but I just think if he is testing him as you suggest and like asking him mm. to learn to play out wide it's hard to do that for a young lad because you only get so many chances to make a good impression don't you mm. And getting played out of position would be a tough one, but maybe that's Cumin saying, "Well, it's tough. If you're good enough, you're good enough. This is the way it is to get in the team." Yeah. Like he's going to play Tom Davis maybe at right back in a three-five-two. He's lost mm. his place in the centre of the park by the looks of it. Yeah, he's going to have to play it right back, and it'll be tough. You've got to do the business. Which, uh, by the way, I thought he did well last night. I, I thought he did yeah. well. I mean, a couple of other talking points on last night, and I'm going to say this without any sort of prejudice whatsoever. Wayne Rooney over the two legs. He's struggling <laughs> for fitness at the moment, and do you think? We should, he was we're not poor. going to see the best of He was poor last night. I thought he was better in the first leg. Last night, it just didn't come off for him, did it? He, he, you know, he was apparently carrying an injury before the game. Didn't seem to affect his mobility and getting around the pitch, but just things he was trying wasn't coming off. But I still think if you watch him, there's that class is still inherently there. The way he links up with class, and which I like, despite, as Tony said, they've only known each other probably about a month less. The way they link up looks promising, and hopefully that'll develop. But um, he might have games like that. Maybe we'll see really starting to emerge when you've got a Sigurdsson who's in there and you've got a centre-forward who can stay up front mm. and really doesn't have to kind of play as a, a target man. So, I can only echo what Greg said there. I just think that, obviously, he's struggling for fitness. We know that. Probably first time he's played two competitive 19-minute games there, isn't it? As we've seen for a while. So I think he was a lot, lot better in the first game when he was coming deep and demanding the ball and he was getting, a, he was getting the ball a lot more, wasn't he, at Goodison Park? But yesterday, they were kind of in his face and give Rosenbrock the due. Yet they didn't press us for, but they were in our faces every five minutes as soon as we got that ball. So it was a good test for Everton in terms of fitness, that'll stand him in good stead for when we're playing severe on Sunday. That'll be a massive test for us well, in terms of fitness. i just looking at it now. Do you think Everton, well, they, arguably they should be, shouldn't they, Gav? They should be the fittest team in the Premier League come August the 12th, shouldn't they? Can, We've had the two competitive games. We've just we'll have played ready for Stoke. We've just played Sevilla, who are no mugs at all. We've seen them there in the Champions League, aren't they? So yeah. Everton arguably should be the fittest team in the Premier League come August as well, shouldn't they? Good question. You should be. Think, well, you don't know be. how you don't know how people people t- depends what your training plan is off the pitch. And there's some some teams who played like really. You know, intense friend. In international, friend, I understand that, yeah, but you, it is, well, you can't legislate what, for a competitive what, what, what game. I, what I would expect, and I touched upon this a couple of weeks ago, I would expect to see us far fitter than what we have been in most of the pre seasons over the last 15 yeah. years. Yeah. You know, that's what I would expect. Um, you know, and there's an interesting, I think Greg talked on about Tom Davis there, about maybe losing his place in midfield, is, you know, I. When we when we've spoken about areas to centre over the summer and at the end of last season, one of the assumptions that we have said is that we are, and I, I think I've even said this, is that the 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 the, the two holding midfielders are okay and we think they're good enough, you know, as part of the new Everton, mm. as it were. Um, from what you've seen so far and at the end of the t- last season, do you think that's true, or? I said, I said at the end of last season, if you got Davis, 
Garner and Snyder in the same team, you've got three players doing the jobs of two. And is there an argument to play one of Snyder and Garner Gay and Tom Davis in front of the defence, maybe with a, a third midfielder? Yeah. Because are Garner Gay and Snyder and a bit, you spoke about pace and yeah. mobility and stuff. Do they really give enough in that area and should be looking at an alternative? I remember speaking about this towards the end of last season. Uh, it was yourselves and Phil. I'm speaking about Tom Davis. And I went, he starts for me. And you went, Ed's a Schneider and guy. I said, well, it's either one of them or all. And she said, no, he, he's just a squad player for next season. He's had a good season, don't get me wrong, and he's won all kinds of awards. Yeah. But he says he starts. And the reason why he does start for Evan, because he offers a lot more going forward than Guy and Schneiderland. I think at home, they're redundant, Guy and Schneiderland together. I don't, you, I don't think you need... If you're playing against a big team, yes, play Schneiderland and Guy together. But if you're playing against a team who's below the top six, top seven, then I just don't think there's a need for Guy and Schneiderland to play in the same team. You need Tom Davis, who'll pick out a pass a lot better than just a guy will. Going forward, better than Schneiderland. I just think the productivity coming from him is a lot better than what it would be from Schneider and Guy. Especially in Premier League games when you're looking to break teams down who've just who are just coming to Goodison just to take a point. I can understand if you're playing the Merseyside Derby and City United and all these games, yeah, just block block your defence, yeah. block your two centre halves. I understand that. Especially when you're looking at the sides of Liverpool Liverpool, Manchester United, Manchester City, the attacking threat that they've got, I can understand the two defensive midfielders. But at home when we're playing the lesser teams there's no need for them at all. And away from home, yeah, I'm up for that, but I, not, not I, at all. I would, but Greg, did, did maybe Slatton last night, does that show perhaps that Ronald season just as a right back for the moment whilst Coleman is, uh, is, yeah, is not I, available? Well, maybe. I think, like I say, I think he obviously values his presence on the pitch for what he does bring. And those qualities were still evident at, at right back, I thought. He was still positive yeah. getting forward. You know, contributing to the attacking impetus when the fullbacks had the chance to bomb on, which wasn't as much as you'd probably like. And defensively, I thought he did quite well. Well, we were there when we played Barnsley away in the pre-season last season. Yeah. And Cumin played him at right yeah. wing back then as well. And he's he? exactly yeah. Mm. And he did he caught our yeah. eye that day. He played that right wing back against Watford towards the end of last season. A couple of pre-season and, games, well. Yeah. yeah, but and he was he was very impressed. Apart from he had a cop on with him for trying a trick and. Mm. I, I think he might have to be content with... I certainly think his his case, from what we've seen, admittedly only in one game, is more compelling than Kuka Martinez. But maybe there's more to come from him. We'll have to see, because obviously Seamus isn't going to be ready until, well, we don't know, maybe the new year. But I hope we don't see... I, I do agree with you that we there's going to be some games when you have to play two old midfielders. But I have to be honest, we know what Guy's about... Right, I've been a little bit disappointed. Maybe I've not seen more yet from Schneider. I agree. I expected a little bit more, given the price tag, given his reputation, given how much Kuman was determined to get him going forward. For me, he always looks too eager to go sideways or back, and we've just seen too much of that. Goodison. I hope he. I, I hope he really flourishes this season. I totally agree. Sorry, yes, Gavin. I totally agree with the Schneider. I thought he had a good start to his Everton career. And then he picked up that injury, didn't he? And missed some yeah. important games for Everton. The Merseyside derby, he yeah. missed that one, didn't he? Away don't forget, at we were saying we were gutted. He missed that game. He was exactly. playing that well. And then he missed the Manchester United game as well, didn't he? I think he lost, missed some big games for Everton there. And then we sort of tailed off towards the end of last season. I was expecting a bit more from him pre-season, 
And yesterday he was another player that looked really struggling for fitness, didn't he? He was flagging. He got brought off, didn't he? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Gareth Barry came on for him towards the end. So, yeah, I just think that he, he need, this is a big season for him now. He, as, as I said, we paid 20 odd million for him. Now, as I've just alluded to, it's going to be a, is this a guy or Schneider for me who goes, goes to play alongside Tom Davis. I'd have, I'd have Schneider because I, I'm, I said last year I'm not necessarily the greatest fan of this guy, I, I, I must admit. Um, well, I think you would hope around Schneiderland that if, if you get the players in front of him sorted and give more options, then he would naturally become a more progressive player. I think like last night, so, if, yeah. if people like, if there's no options and players are coming deep and maybe yeah. the coordination's not it's, there. Which is passing though, his, his passing was atrocious. Yeah, yes, he was playing Hollywood passes and they were going nowhere near the man. And yeah. that, that's no legislation for if there's an option, if there's an easy option on or not. That's just, yeah, that's just I think form, it's what's it? this space and we've assumed that during our strengthening exercises that actually that area where we are, like we've got like half a team of defensive midfielders yeah. actually okay maybe. Looking at last night and last Thursday, maybe I'm not sure whether there are alternatives about, as you say, around playing Davis. And I think that, what, what, there's an interesting question I'll come to on Twitter. Um, I'll, uh, Peter James Needham is one of our regular correspondents um, on Twitter. And it was about like our, our sort of wider transfer yeah. transfer mm-hmm. activity and how that compared to like, our performances mm-hmm. over the last two games. And he said... Uh, um, Said, he said last night about whether um, we think that swapping Rom and I'm assuming Ross is going up. This, yeah, this yeah, 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 yeah. The Ross is going. At this moment in time, does swapping Rom and Ross for Klaas and Rooney and Sandro improve us? No, is the answer for me. Simply, it's just no. When you're looking at it in terms of assists and goals and everything else, it doesn't. But what I will say, if Sigurdsson comes in and Giroud massively, massively improves us. Puts in my opinion, if we get Sigurdsson and Giroud, it puts us in the mix for the top four space. It does. If we don't get them players, that even if we just get one, it doesn't improve us. We've got to get them two players because it, 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 they're big time players. Giroud scores against big big teams. Sigurdsson scores at Anfield, Old Trafford, White Island. He scores against all of them last season. They are big game players and that's what we missed last season. But all, Everton are all well and good beating the teams below them. Done that very well last season. But the teams above us that we struggled against. And these two players are instrumental if we need to break into that top four. I couldn't agree more. You do, you know, you, you will see whether Klassen was worth the risk. Obviously, he was the one I picked, wasn't he, when we were doing our yeah. signings. You're not Ajax's captain. And however many Dutch caps he's got at such a relatively young age yeah. by accident, there, there must be a class player. It's not even a pun, by the way, but yeah, yeah. there must be a good player in there. And we'll probably, he might take a while to show his, his full attributes, I think. Um, but I've still seen little bits of understanding, like I say, with Rooney. But having said that, as it was, Sandro, a lot of potential, we'll see. And Rooney, loads of quality, proven quality. And hopefully you can apply it for at least one more season. But Tony's right. You need those two to be the final pieces in the jigsaw. And if you said to me, yeah. Sigurdsson, all right then, and Ben Teke, I'd say, yeah, or, yeah, I'll take that. And I'll still think we'll be competitive next season. But my worry is, if you don't get either of them two, you're then looking at lads, I would presume, strikers who aren't proven in the Premier League, who maybe are coming in from Gambles abroad, then, aren't they? And then it's a gamble. Mm. And yeah. you've sold Lukaku. You had to have had 
options lined up because it was never let's face it it's not been the world's best kept secret that Lukaku was probably going to mm, want to move yeah, on Yeah, you had to have had a strong list of options uh, Everton best setting a deadline on the Giroud situation I, then, because I thought they had to. according to some some uh, reports I wouldn't have thought they'd be quite that bullish because ultimately the powers really they can't afford to say right we're walking away because they still need him they still want him so whether that tactic actually works, I'm not so sure. Well, Evan is in a situation now where they need to get it. See, for argument's sake, Sanzo was to get injured on the opening day or whatever oh, happens. We, yeah, we are, we are, yeah, exactly. Well, surely yeah. Giroud wants to know where he's going to start the season as well. Well, he can, he can sit tight. If you're Oliver Giroud, you can sit tight until the last day the transfer window. Well, do you know what? I'll see if Sanchez stays. I'll see if Lacazette gets injured or has a bit of bad form. And I'm in. Whereas in, if he, if he basically jumps to Everton now and... Sanchez gets injured or goes elsewhere, and like, then he could. I should have stayed in Arsenal because it would have yeah, been number one. So yeah, I think he, he him, himself as a, as a footballer, he can wait until the last day the transfer deadline. Everton can't, and yeah. Everton needs to address that situation. Listen, there's a time on this. You've got till yeah. when we play Stoke. If you want to come to us or not, fine. We're going to move on to Benteke and etc. etc. Yeah, I mean, you'd assume that Shiru's first choice is Everton there as well if he wanted to move, which may not necessarily be the case. He has other options. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Tony was right when he said about Shiru only scores against big clubs. He's always scores against us, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, I mean? like but, but, <laughs> but the other one. Picking up on Greg's point about class, I was thinking about this last night, and uh, I don't want to draw the comparison, but I will for the purposes of what Greg's saying there is. When Dennis Bergkamp first came to English football, he took he took a couple of months. He took like several, mm. if I recall, probably several months to 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 get used to the pace of the game and you know adapting his technical style of football football to the English game you know and I think you know I'm not saying that class is going to be the next Dennis Bergkamp but similar background similar styles of play you know and, and sometimes that does take time so that, that so uh, I do going back to the question what we're saying to, to Peter is at the moment they're not improving us uh, those three players but they will do if we get another two or maybe three players uh, and then we're better off the moment we're here under Roman, Roman Ross, I think, is the What we'll say is, sorry, Gav, what we'll say is the, on the other end of the pitch is that Pickford and Keane have improved us now, end, haven't we? And you're looking at that yeah. compared to what... We, I know we had half-decent defence last season. We had a very good record, didn't we, in terms of goals conceded. Surely to God, when you've got Keane at the back now and Pickford in goal... I, his kicking was unbelievable for me yesterday. Mm-hmm. I was looking, I was literally deep into their half, just commanding for the ball, coming for crosses, taking players out. I haven't seen a goalie like that since Nigel Martin. So refreshing. And both both footers as well. Right and left foot, any way you like it. And you've seen some of the goalies we've had in the past. Playing Not even front by the sounds of it. Well, yeah, you've yeah. seen well, they went got forward. Yeah, 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 yeah. Two footers, we've seen the goalies yeah. we've had in the past aren't even both-handed. Let alone yeah. both Distribution footers. going forward in terms of getting out to the channels was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, I think sometimes... I mean, I've, I've missed Nigel Martin off before, actually. Um, and I was talking about comparisons with Nev. But, um, yeah, I think... I noticed in the first half, I think players got used to him about passing the ball to him, mm-hmm. getting past the ball to him. I think a couple of times he, he nearly got players into trouble when yeah. necessarily expecting to, to to get the ball. The other, the other thing about last night is as an indicator of the next season. We said last season that um, you know Williams and Jackie Elker as a partnership, but you know we probably need to move on that. Do, do we take last night as a one-off, or do we still a little bit? I wouldn't say concerned that last night, after all our big build-up, of spending lots of money, we've still got Williams and Zaggy Elker on the pitch. Do you know what? I was going to... F- funny you should say that. I was going to mention the, the defence. and I'm not a big fan of 3-5-2. I understand it's usefulness sometimes, but, you know, whatever. It was efficient and it did the job, and that's probably why he deploys it. 
But I was watching Keane, and I was so impressed with Keane, and I was really impressed with his distribution, and mm. that probably wasn't the highest on his list of qualities that we've been sold, but he's, he's clearly got that in the locker. He, he's, he's comfortable on the ball. He can look up, he can pick a pass. He bombed on a few times, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, that was really point, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But, and it was only one game. For me, it was the contrast when you were looking at Ashley Williams, and I thought... In a way, you almost get greedy when this amount of money is getting thrown about non-stop. You kind of need a left-sided Keane, if you're talking like fantasy football, mm. which obviously there's limits and Williams will do you a job. But I've, I've been a bit disappointed with him overall, really. And I just thought last night that, like I say, Keane's class, when it went to Williams, you thought, oh, there's a the contrast there. Yeah, totally. he'll, he'll do his job at the back, he'll defend all right from set-pieces, He's fine. Do you know what I mean? Was it a concern for you that Phil Jagielka got a one-year contract then, on the basis of not, what you said? Not really. Well, no, not really. Just because this sheer amount of games, and you know, I, I just think it's important. Again, obviously, the, the vital ones, as you said. Why give him that one-year extension, though, Greg? Why not let him see the season out and then see? Let's see where we go from here. Why give him a year extension? He thanked the chairman, didn't he? Is, he did. is, is that a bit of romanticism from the chairman, perhaps, to the club captain? Uh, interesting. I think I think maybe the, the the rationale behind that is obviously we need the centre half. But if you're talking about needing four or five centre halves, it's, it makes sense if if to keep Jags as the fourth centre half, and rather than going out and spending five no, or six I'm not million quid on that. We've we've extended. I know. Yeah, that's what I mean. So yeah. I just don't see that. Well, no. Okay. So so it's like, crap. You know, he's got a one year contract for this season. We've yeah. extended it just so, so everybody understands. Later, okay. So there's no need for it. But well, no, I, I think if you're having four or five centre halves, well, better to keep him as the fourth and fifth centre half when he's at the club rather than going out and spending five or six million quid on somebody just to do the same job. He's already at the club. He knows the club. Yeah. Um, it's a bit like Morales. We say about Morales, oh. like you know. Don't, don't. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I'm just. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I was just at thinking. that last night. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just aside, I looked at it. I thought, all oh, this money we've spent. There yeah, we are. Yeah. You're you're Europa League qualifier. Ten minutes from time, and who's hovering over a free kick on the edge of the area? Morales. What did he do? Right at the P roller at the goalkeeper. Yeah. Home. This is 2017 here. All these players we bought. I know. The only, yeah. the only blessing is that you come on. You come on. The, that's you yeah. substitute and. Hope that's where he stays. I just know we've gone 37 minutes without a very pleasant, genteel. <laughs> <laughs> you should mention his name. Yeah. Should you mention his name? It just but, he winds me up. He yeah, me up. I, that's my feeling about Jags as well. Just keep him to stop us need to bring in another centre half who's not going to get much game time as having to spend money and big and wages on them, perhaps. But you know, but I see what you're so saying. So on the on the basis of that, then you've said that we need the squads. We're going to need it even more, even though we've got. Looking onto the fixtures that we've just obviously we've got split in the Europa League um, qualifier for next week. Looking at it, Greg, we've got three home games and three away games on the on the spin. How tough is this six game stretch going to be when you're looking at Sevilla? Who are going to give us a good 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 turn up, yeah. aren't they? And then we've got Stoke. Then we've got split split at home, and then we've got Manchester City on the Monday night, and then we've got split away, and then we've got Chelsea away. Three homes, three aways. Incredibly difficult. You're in your call now, Ronald Koeman, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, incredibly difficult. And then it gets, it, it still carries on some yeah. degree more, getting getting harder and harder. Um, split aren't any mugs from what I've, my hasty research this morning. Mm-hmm. Can't claim to have watched much of the Croatian league, but looked into it and they seem like that they're uh, a decent setup. There'll certainly be a step up for Rosenbrock. Still can't say them. Um, They've already played eight games this season. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there you go. I mean, one it's... five to do two. But a test. Sorry, Greg. A test for them is this Sunday when they play Dynamo Zagreb. Massive derby, though. Yeah, so you'll probably yeah, see yeah. how you'll probably yeah, yeah, yeah. probably you'll probably see how good they are. Yeah, we'll probably be, well worth watching. Yeah, that, everybody you know. watching it then. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> this weekend, so yeah, yeah I, I fully agree with Greg. It's going to be a massive test for us these six games. We said before we started, we were looking. It's not just the fixture list. It's, it's actually the the way the, the, those fixtures are organised, and mm. and so we play. Uh, obviously, Stoke on Saturday to say then we play split on the Thursday. And then the problem for Everton really then is is the Man City game being on the Monday, mm. um, Monday evening as well, not Monday you know, the afternoon yeah. or whatever. And then the split game being three days later, being weekdays, that surely is not ideal preparation for us to go to to Croatia. It's not when you've got a three days before. This is why the travelling and and so on. I know it's everything's a lot more easily accessible than what it was years ago. That's not ideal preparation, is it? Surely. This is why they they need the big squad. Absolutely, you're right. It's 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 far from ideal, isn't it? Even though you've got obviously the chartered planes these days and the you know the much much more convenient methods of travel and recuperation, sports science, still a handicap that other clubs aren't going to have. So it's going to really ask questions, and when we think. As we all probably have daydreamed about, you know, making an assault on the top four, we have to take this into account. Which is, I suppose, why I kind of was hoping for a bit more from the two Rosenbrock legs, because the season's starting soon and starting in such a manner as it is, such an explosive set of fixtures. Really, we need to be at it. We need to be right at it. Look, let's just see what how it, how it is on Sunday. Sevilla, as you say, is a step up, isn't it? No, looking at them fixtures that you've just um, read out to us, Gav, the them six fixtures coming up for Everton, Sevilla, obviously Sevilla's a pre-season friendly, that's yeah. one before the season starts. Stoke, split twice, Chelsea, Manchester City. We're going into them games with one centre-forward who's no even, even half-fit. He can't last six games there, judging on the last night, what we've seen last night, can really? we? Sanzo. Oh, Sanzo. Sanzo. Yeah, yeah, Rooney's yeah. in number 10, isn't he? That's what he's got. Rooney can't play up front on his own. So, no. it, knock that out. So, you, you're going into six massive games there for a good tester with one centre forward. This is why it's absolutely imperative that we get a centre forward in as soon as possible. If not, it's arguable that it should be, the deal should be done before Sigurdsson. Because mm. I think we could get by. Until the transfer deadline, yeah, with, yeah. With, 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 yeah. with a centre forward, it's a yeah. necessity. And looking at them games, I'm fearful now, and I weren't concerned until we read them fixtures out. And you're going, we can't cope with Sanjo for six games like that before the transfer deadline I think, finishes. I think Cumin's hand's been forced a bit because Swansea have gone, they've gone from kind of like dragging their feet, which is their, you know, that's their want, and, and why should they want to sell the player last season, to going, all right, actually, we want to do a deal now because we don't want someone who doesn't want to be here at the start of the season and probably want to reinvest the 50 million quid or whatever they end up getting rather rapidly in the, into yeah. our own team yeah. so that's all of a sudden jumped in the pecking order but I think it, ideally you're right you can kind of get by with the Rooney maybe or you know whoever Classen playing in the hole it's a striker and this is where Koeman's got to pull you know really pull pull rank and do what he did over Schneidlin and he's got to go knock on the boardroom door and just say, very grateful for all your backing I've had so far. Brilliant that you've, you know, smashed the transfer record for the club for uh, Sigurdsson. I really need Giroud. And failing that, I really need Benteke. And what's more, 
I needed soon. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, I mean, because what you're saying about Swansea pushing the Sigurdsson deal now because he wants somebody in, the same thing applies for us with having sold Lukaku, doesn't it? Yeah. That you want that money. We've had we that for a couple Lukaku of weeks. A couple few of weeks, weeks ago, that's what yeah. I mean. So, yeah. so it backs up Tony's points. I think Tony's right. And uh, I haven't seen the, the, the two games. Uh, against the, the Slovakian team I'll call them that we've given up is I think it's imperative I, did, I think it, it's needed for the, the start of next yeah. Saturday isn't it really you, was the, sorry Gab was the concern Ronald Koeman said he said yesterday didn't he he said about the boards I'm going to last the boards or see the board. he keeps on mentioning that lately doesn't he and I've noticed that Jose Marino over the last couple of weeks he was saying he's mentioned the boards a lot so we need to send some forwards I need to see the board Lukaku was signed 48 hours later now last week he said I can't go into the season with no defensive midfielder next minute Matic was on his doorstep 48 hours later now, Koeman's sli- slightly doing that. I don't know. I know there's a lot of Liverpool supporters who are exactly hoping Klopp does the same to FSG, hanging them out to Zion in, in, in the press. But he, I don't think Klopp goes along that line. I think Koeman, he's more or less saying, I know what he's spent, but I know what he's brought in. He should be saying, listen, centre forwards should be on my door next week. Yeah, well, that's it. Both that shows is the divisions of responsibility within football clubs are a lot clearer than what they used to be, isn't it? Like managers manage boards, directors of football. By players and approach clubs, something you know, the day of managers doing that, I think, are long gone. Um, so I think that that explains it. But the overall point is, is well made. Um, is that, and it's sort of been lost, hasn't it? This point in with, with the Ross scenario mm. and sort of bringing Wayne in and so on and so forth, and other players coming in. Uh, that actually, all of a sudden, you've got a week before the start of the season, and, and you haven't got a fit centre forwards when, as you say, there's four or five. Could be seasons finding games already. Yeah. You know, talk about the Europa mm. League, home and away, like yeah. that actually you haven't got a fit centre forward at the club because the alternative is like Carver I don't think he will be hundred percent anywhere near hundred yeah. percent fit or can play ninety minutes. So you would expect by the time we pod mm. next Friday, Friday yeah. that, that has been resolved. As you say, yeah, the Sigson deal's got in the way of things, hasn't it? It's a, yeah. that's all mass what is actually a big big issue. Well, was that, was, did you read anything to that, Greg, when Koeman says, I hope for good news from the board? Yeah, I, you know, it can't be a coincidence that he mentions the board. Like you say, managers have their ways of getting messages out, and mentioning the board for me is a very specific and telling way of doing it. He's basically politely saying, pull your finger out. Do it with Schneiderland, isn't he? Yep, exactly what he needs to do about Giroud or Benteke. Uh, otherwise, as we've well, uh, well covered now, they're setting themselves up for a difficult start, I think, if they don't have that centre forward. Well, we found plenty to talk about there, didn't we? We haven't even really said much about Hyduck apart from, I suppose, we'll wait and see what's yeah, this space. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about that. Being a bit of an old time, I can remember they were a very decent team in the 1970s. Used to play in the European Cup, actually. It's a yeah. semi final, the UEFA Cup. Yeah, he played Spurs in 84. Yeah. He's done his yeah. own work on these this morning. He's done his own work. Remember the games? I can remember them playing Derby County in the European Cup in 1972 3. Mm-hmm. Right, you know what I'm saying? Just before they were based in Croatia, now Yugoslavia. Yeah, that was old Yugoslavia. It used yeah. to be a decent, uh, decent team. More importantly, £2.20 for a pint on the Riva. There you go. Is That's it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know just it could, that got him Greg before. Greg's been there. Last year, yeah, yeah. Eight hundred kuna, if you like, if you want to look at it that yeah. way. Weather's going to be thirty-six degrees around that, upwards to forty. The river area, yeah. massive boulevards, palm trees, massive river, beaches, oh, yeah. a lot. Brilliant. He does, he does the uh, uh, the split. Uh, tourist podcasters uh, as are there. Yeah. Well, yeah. you, you're laughing there, but playing in hot temperatures in the midst of these 
intensive fixtures is not ideal as well, is it? Yeah. Getting a sweat on. Yeah. Getting a sweat on. Do you want to know yeah. any more about Croatia? <laughs> <laughs> Check out my Facebook page. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Gregovic yeah. <laughs> right okay brilliant thank you very much for listening don't forget please if you enjoyed it go and give us a rating on iTunes um, you can subscribe of course on iTunes or have a look on Audio Boom where we uh, where we host the podcast really grateful that you've tuned in plenty to talk about next week as well see you then